What have we been talking about for the last, oh, four weeks now? James, the book of James, the brother of Jesus. Tell me some of the things that we have talked about so far in the book of James. He's the brother of Jesus. Good job. Yes. Yeah, talking about his greeting to the 12 tribes of the dispersion, the church that was scattered, the early church. Yeah, talking about playing no favorites. We're not supposed to judge people by the way they look or the way they act or the way they talk. We're supposed to be impartial. Talking about dead faith. Yeah, we talked about three faiths last week. What were the three kind of faiths? Dead, dumb, and dynamic. Yeah. What else did we talk about in James? Why don't you? Okay. Being what? Yeah. Just listen. Just remember, just do it. Being not only hearers, but doers of the word. Yeah, actually taking the things that we see in Scripture, the things that, that God tells us we're supposed to do, and then turning around and doing them. And there was one other thing we talked about. The second week, does anybody know what it is? Three-letter word. I'll give you a hint. Joy. Yes. Having joy. That's not a three-letter word. Thanks for playing, though. Joy, having joy in trials that no matter what we face, no matter what we come up against, no matter what, God gives us the ability to have joy, to have just this joy that knowing that God is in control, that he's the one taking care of us no matter what happens in our life. You see, James has got all kinds of stuff when we actually sit down and read it, all kinds of stuff that challenges us that shows us exactly what we're supposed to do to live out this Christianity, this faith that we have in Christ and that we have in God. And tonight is absolutely no different. Tonight, James jumps right in in chapter 3, starting in verse 1, and he's talking about the tongue. You guys like that picture? That's kind of gross, isn't it? But this is what James is talking about tonight in chapter 3. He's talking about the tongue. He's talking about specifically taming the tongue. Because the reality is, our tongue gives us a lot of problems. In fact, James is, so, James is so concerned about this that before we ever even got to James chapter 3, he's already mentioned it twice. In James chapter 1, verse 19, he said, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. See, so right there, we see that James is, is getting our attention when it comes to our mouth, when it comes to our tongue, and the problems that that can cause us sometimes. But then in the exact same chapter, just seven verses later, he said, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. He said, We can do everything right. We can show up, read our Bible, do our quiet time, sing the songs, give our tithe, serve on the committee, teach Sunday school, do Awana, do every single thing right. But if we can't learn how to control our tongue, we've still got a problem. We've still got something going on in our heart because it comes out through our mouth. So James is extremely concerned about our tongue. He's concerned about this, this tiny little thing in our mouth and how much trouble it gives us. And he jumps right into it in verse 1. So that's what we're going to do. In James chapter 3, verse 1, he jumps right into why this is a problem, specifically for the church then, to these 12 tribes of the dispersion. And then we're going to talk about what that means for us. So James chapter, one, chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, 
For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. The James jumps right into, okay, some of you want to teach. You need to be careful. You see, in the early church, when these, when these 12 tribes were scattered and, and these early churches were meeting, it appears that there were some of the folks in the church that they, they wanted to be the teachers. They wanted to be the ones who got to stand up, who got to look at what Scripture says, and then turn around and explain that to everybody, kind of like what we do when we come to small groups on Sunday or, or Wednesday night or church on Sunday morning. They wanted to be the ones doing that. But James is warning them right here. He's saying, guys, not every one of you needs to do that. You need to be careful. Because if that's the position you decide to take, if you want to become a teacher, you need to understand that you're going to be held to a higher standard. You're going to have stricter consequences. Right there it says, those who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Is that what it says? Yeah, strictness. Make sure I'm reading it right. You see, the reason James is warning the people who wanted to teach is because when you're a teacher, when you're in a position of educating or leading or explaining God's word to other people, you've got a lot of influence. You've got a lot of power, specifically in what you say, because you're guiding other people. You're telling other people how to understand scripture. You're telling other people how to, how to interact with God based on what God's word says. And if we mess that up as a teacher or as a leader, then we're accountable for the direction that we lead people. We're accountable for the things that we say to people and how we help them to understand Scripture. So James is saying, guys, you need to be careful because that mouth that you have, the way that we teach, the way that we educate, 99% of that is done through our mouth. It's done through the things that we say. And James is helping the early church here and showing us that if that's the position that we seek, we've got to be aware that there is a much higher expectation on us and the way that we use this instrument that's in our mouth, the way that we use this tongue. And he goes on to verse 2, and he explains that a little bit. He says, For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, also able to bridle his whole body. That's how much power the tongue has. He's saying that if you, if, you, if you stumble in the way that you speak, let me read it again. He says, if we stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, also able to bridle his whole body. In other words, if when you speak, you never say anything that causes problems, you never speak ugly to people, you always speak kindly, you encourage, nothing wrong, nothing bad, nothing unintentional ever comes out of your mouth. There's no tone that you say, the way you say things. If you are able to do that perfectly, then you're a perfect person. If you are able to bridle your tongue, if you are able to control your tongue, then you're perfect. You see, the reality is, none of us is perfect, are we? Every single one of us every single one of us, I don't care how well you talk, at some point in time, your mouth has gotten you in trouble. I know because I've been there when some of your mouths have gotten you in trouble. James is telling us we've got to be careful. We've got to be careful when we seek these positions because our mouths, at some point in time, our mouths are going to do the wrong thing. We're going to say the wrong thing. We're going to have the wrong tone. We're going to offend the wrong person. And we've got to be careful about the way we use our tongue and the way we use our mouth. 
So let's talk about the tongue for just a minute. Does anybody know what the average tongue weighs? Five pounds? Wow. You got a really heavy head over there if your tongue weighs five pounds. No. About a pound? Not even a pound. The average tongue is approximately two and a half to three ounces. Did you say that back there? Speak up, man. Speak up. Good answer. Yeah. It's somewhere between two and a half to three ounces. The average tongue. Now, let me, get, let me give you an idea of what that means, guys. The average, the average teenage male, this is average. I know some of you are taller, shorter, lighter, heavier. The average teenage male is approximately five foot nine, five foot ten, and around 165 pounds. That's the average. Some of you are above, some of you are below. I, I'm just telling you the average. Okay? What that means is for the average teenage male, your tongue makes up approximately 0.1% of your entire body. Ladies, it's around the same number. It's a little bit different, but around the same number. I'm not getting into what the average girl weighs. We're just not going there, okay? <laughs> so your, your tongue, this little muscle in your mouth, is approximately 0.1% of your entire body weight. In other words, it would take 1,000 tongues to equal your body weight. 1,000 tongues. That's how small this is compared to the rest of you. And yet James is telling us right off the bat, this little thing right here, your tongue, glad I washed my hands, your tongue causes you all kinds of problems. This little thing that's 0.1% of your body weight causes us sometimes more trouble than anything else could. Because our tongue, when we don't keep track of it, when we don't stay on top of it, our tongue will get us into trouble. And see, the reason our tongue is so important is because our tongue, our mouth, is how people really know who we are. For somebody to really get to know you, at some point, you have to open your mouth and you have to speak to them. And when you do that, what you speak, what you say, starts to reveal your thoughts. And it starts to reveal your heart. And as those words come out of your mouth, people are able to get a better picture and a deeper look into who you really are. That's why the tongue is so important. Because the tongue, our mouth, it's the gateway to us. It's the gateway to what we truly believe and what we truly feel and what we truly think. And out of our mouth comes those things. So when we open our mouth, sometimes we're very careful and very picky about how we say things. Sometimes we're not. And we just let stuff come out. And James is telling us, guys, we got to be careful of that. We've got to be careful about what this little tiny muscle can do in our lives and to the lives of people around us. And that's why he shows us a couple different things here in James chapter 3. And the first thing he shows us about the tongue is that the tongue has the power to control. It has the power to control our lives. He says this in James 3 verse 3. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. You see, we, we, have, a, we have a desire to control power, don't we? That's why we drive cars that go way too fast, some people. That's why people will jump out of airplanes 
just to see if the parachute will open or bungee jump off of bridges or rappel off the sides of mountains or ride big animals like horses that are way bigger and heavier and stronger than we are because we like to feel like we're controlling something powerful. And what James is telling us right here is that this thing right here has the power to control us. It has the power to take over and to do what nothing else can. And he uses this example. I, I love this example here. He talks about a horse. Specifically, putting a bit in a horse's mouth. This is a whole bridle for a horse with the reins and everything. But what you do is you put this over the horse's head, and this goes in the horse's mouth, this little piece right here. And when you have this in a horse's mouth, all you have to do is pull on these reins. Pull to the right, horse will go to the right. Pull to the left, horse will go to the left. Pull back on it, horse will stop. Relax, tell the horse to go, it'll go. You can control anywhere that animal goes. The average horse, depending on the breed, can weigh anywhere from 850 to 2,200 pounds. And this little piece of metal can control every single action of that horse. It's a big deal with the mouth, isn't it? That our mouth has the power to control, that this little irritant, the horse doesn't like this in his mouth, this little thing in his mouth, irritating his mouth, can control his every single move. Our mouth has the exact same power over us. The tongue has the exact same power to control what we do and where we go and the way we interact with people. And he uses a similar example in verse 4 where he says the ship, the rudder, the rudder of a ship, you don't see it quite as much anymore. But back when this was written, we didn't have the big motorboats and the engines. They had to use sails and they had to use rudders to guide the ship. If you watch Pirates of the Caribbean, you've seen the rudder on the back of the ship. It's that little piece that goes back and forth. And even in the midst of a storm, when the ship's rocking and the waves are raging and the rain's coming down, you could turn that rudder and still direct which way that ship went. And that rudder is less than 0.1% of the total weight of a ship. Those little things, those tiny little things have that much power to control. Now granted, your tongue can do other things. Some people can do weird tricks like pick their nose with their tongue. I know I've, se I've seen people who can touch their nose with their tongue and that's, that's okay, we're not, did you just do that? Okay, I'm just, I'm just saying there are people who can do it. There's people who can tie a cherry stem in a knot with their tongue. Lauren's over here curling up her tongue and doing stuff. There's some people who can do tricks with their tongue, curl them up and twist them, and the other people can't do. So your tongue's got all kinds, you got all kinds of neat tricks, all kinds of things you can do. But what James is helping us understand here is that your tongue, no matter what all these little neat tricks you can do, your tongue has the power to control. Think about it this way. Have you ever been in your house and one of your parents is upset with you and you know they're upset with you, not necessarily by what they're saying, but how they're saying it, the tone of their voice, the way those words sound when they come out of their parents' mouth, and it controls the way you react, doesn't it? Because you know, I remember my dad used to do this. If I heard my dad yell my name, there was a certain tone. And I knew as soon as I heard that tone, I would kind of tense up a little bit. Because I knew, I knew there was a belt coming behind that tone. Or there was some kind of punishment coming behind that tone. 
that tongue, those words, that tone controlled, had the power to control the way that I reacted, has the power to control the way that you react. But that's not all it has the power to do. The tongue also has the power to corrupt. Did you know that? The tongue has the power to corrupt. James tells us in verse 5, he says, So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. Now that's some pretty strong language right there. James is telling us that our tongue, this tiny little thing, is capable of mass destruction. See, he's comparing it to a fire. You see, you got stuff like this. You got this tiny little match, right? You can do some great things with fire, can't you? You can light a campfire and stay warm. You can cook. You can do all kinds of stuff. But this same fire, show that next slide, Billy, can cause that. Forest fire. We see them on the news. Prove it? No, not proving it here. Fire's dangerous. This tiny little stick, this tiny little match that I can put in my palm and you'd never know it was there can destroy acres, millions of dollars worth of property and homes and lives starting with that tiny little thing. James says it's the same thing with our mouth. It's the same thing with our tongue. That The things that come out of our mouth, although sometimes we may think they're harmless, we may not think anything about it, but the words and the way they come out of our mouth, even if we think they're a small thing, they can set the world on fire. They can cause untold damage and wreak incredible havoc in our lives and the lives of other people. That's how dangerous our tongue is. That's how much our tongue is able to corrupt us and what's going on around us. And think about it this way. World War II, Germany, you had an incredibly dynamic speaker and leader who was almost responsible for wiping out an entire nation of people because he could talk well, because the words he chose and the way he delivered it almost wiped out an entire nationality, guys. The tongue has the power to corrupt. The words that we say and the way that we say them can destroy people's lives, can destroy our own lives. And we've got to be careful about how we talk and what we allow to come out of our mouths. When I was in high school, I used to play soccer in high school. And there was this one particular game I played defense, and we had, we had another guy that, that played to the right of me on defense, and he and the offensive player from the other team, they were just going at it the whole game, just running their mouths, just going after each other. And before I knew it, with about 15 minutes left in the game, I look over, and the two of them are on the ground just slugging each other. And the next thing I know, I look over at our bench, and the entire bench is cleared. Every player on the bench, every player on the field has run to that pile and jumped in the fight. And then we've got people coming from the stands running onto the field and jumping into that fight. We had one of our team members that was on crutches 
threw down his crutches, hopped out onto the field, and jumped into the fight. The referees were gone. They ran to their cars and took off. That one little incident, that one little instance of the two of them opening their mouths and saying things that they shouldn't have said and saying them in ways they shouldn't have said caused all kinds of havoc that night. And our high school didn't play that high school in soccer for four more years because they wanted everybody on both teams to graduate so that would never happen again. That's how dangerous the tongue can be. That's how dangerous our words and our tones can be. That's why we've got to be so careful because when we don't keep control of our mouth, we don't know what's going to happen. James keeps talking about it in verse 7. He says the tongue, he shows us here that the tongue is impossible to corral. It's impossible. Verse 7 says this, For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. James is telling us we can't stop our tongue by ourselves. We can try. We can be very careful about the words that we say. We can be very careful about the way that we say them. But at some point in time, we're going to get frustrated. And at some point in time, we're going to slip. And we're going to say something that we know we shouldn't have said. We're going to say something in a way that we know we shouldn't have said it. And then we've got a problem. We can't control it ourselves. Which is a great reminder that the only thing that can control our mouth, the only thing, the only hope that we have is the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Because Scripture tells us God can do anything, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not I can do all things through Jesse. Not I can do all things through Courtney or Justin or Rachel or Matthew. No, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The only hope we have to control our mouths and control our words and our tone is in Jesus Christ is in the Holy Spirit working in our lives, changing who we are from the inside so that it changes what comes out and what other people hear and what other people see. That's the only hope we have. Because on our own, the tongue is impossible to corral. We can't do it. I don't care how hard you try. It is only through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, through Jesus Christ, that we have a hope of taming the tongue. James also tells us this about the tongue. Last couple verses here. The tongue is prone to compromise. It's prone to compromise. He says in verse 9, With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. One of the things we've got to remember, guys, is that our tongue, we will compromise ourselves. You ever heard, that's why we, that's why we have the phrase, talking behind somebody's back. Because you'll look at somebody in the face, and you'll be nice to them. 
And then as soon as they walk away, you'll turn around and say some of the worst things you could ever say about that person. See, our tongue does that. Our mind does that. Our heart does that. And it comes out through the way that we speak. It's prone to compromise. You know, we used to live in Jacksonville, and we went skiing in the uh, St. John's River. And you think, okay, it's a river, it's fresh water, but the St. John's River has actually got brackish water in it. And what that means is there's salt water and there's fresh water mixed in there. So you'll be in that water and your mouth comes open and it tastes like fresh water. And then all of a sudden you get this big gulp of salt water in your mouth, just out of nowhere. And see, this is, this is what James is saying. This is what happens when we're not able to control our mouth. When God is not doing that in us, that's what happens to our mouth. And that's not the way he designed it. You see, God created us in his image, right? God created us for his glory, for his honor. And when we allow our mouths to be compromised, we're not glorifying God. We're not honoring God. That's why James talks so much about the tongue here. He spends 12 verses on the tongue just talking about how much trouble this thing gives us because the words that we say and how we say them are really that important. The way that we talk about people, they really matter that much. And we've got to be aware of it, and we've got to ask God to help us with that because we can't do it on our own. But I do have some tips for you. Scripture gives us some ideas of what we can do, how we can start that process. And the first one is this. Use your ears. It says in James 1.19, I'll read it again. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. When you hear somebody's talking about you, go talk to them and listen to what's going on. Before you get mad, before you fly off the handle, before you say and do whatever comes to mind, listen to what's going on. When your parents come after you and they're mad at you about something and you don't know what you did, listen to why they're upset. It may not be they're mad about the thing you did. It may be mad, they may be mad because they were scared for your safety. They may be mad because what you did hurt them. It may not be about what exactly you did at all. It may be how it affected them. But we don't know that if we don't listen. We've got to use our ears because using our ears nine times out of ten will keep us from our mouths getting us into trouble. And I'll be the first one to tell you, I'm horrible at this. When my kids are arguing, I want to walk in the house and say, stop arguing. And they want to explain what's going on. I don't want to hear what's going on. Stop, 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 stop. But if I'd stop and listen, a lot of times there's something that needs to be heard there. And there's a whole lot better way for me to handle it than just say, stop. That's what God's telling us to do. Listen. Use our ears. Second things he tells us to do in Scripture when it comes to this is to guard your heart. Guard your heart. He says in Matthew 12, 34, You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What is in our heart is what will eventually come out of our mouth. That's what Scripture says. What is in here is what will eventually come out and be revealed to other people. Now, we may be able to hide it for a long time. 
And we may be really good at fooling people, but eventually it's going to come out. So we've got to guard our hearts. We've got to be careful of what we allow into our lives. The scripture tells us where your treasure is, what's going to be there? Your heart's going to be there too. And if out of the mouth comes what's in the heart, the question is, what's your treasure? Where is your heart? How are you guarding it? You've got to guard your heart. He also says this, the third one. Seal your lips. Keep your mouth shut. You don't always have to have the last word. You don't always have to prove your point. You don't always have to say, just I gotta get out what's in my head. i got to say it. No, you don't. We've got to learn to keep our mouth shut, to seal our lips. It says in Proverbs 10, 19, When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. In other words, he who shuts up is wise. Simple way to put it. Sometimes we just got to stop talking and use our ears. Because when we start talking, sometimes we don't realize what's coming out of our mouth. Or we don't realize the tone in which we're saying it. And before we realize it, we've done all kinds of damage. So we've got to seal our lips. It also says in Colossians 4, 6, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. The whole purpose of salt, guys, is to give flavor to food, to make it so people enjoy it. He's telling us right here, our speech, the way that we talk, needs to be seasoned with salt. In other words, when we speak to people, we need to make sure the way we're speaking is something that's going to be something they will enjoy, something that will be pleasurable. Not, oh man, oh, I, I don't want to talk to that person. Every time they come up to me, they're complaining, they're arguing, they're griping, they're bickering about something. I don't want to talk to them. That's, that's telling us don't be that person. Again, what's in the heart is what comes out of the mouth. And Scripture's telling us that we have to be careful. The words that come out of our mouth, season it with salt. Don't be that person that gripes. Don't be known as that person that nobody wants to be around because all you do is talk negatively. Last one here. Give it to God. And really that should be the first one because that's where it starts. It says in Psalm, one, or Psalm 19, 14, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. This whole idea of taming the tongue, of the way we speak, of the tone we use, we've got to give it to God. Because He's the only one that can help us control it. We can't do it on our own. We can't stop offending people. We can't stop making people mad by ourselves. It's not going to happen. But when you give it to God, He begins to change your heart. He begins to change who we are on the inside. And that begins to change what comes out and the way that we interact with people and the way that we talk to people. And that's what James is talking about when he's talking about taming the tongue. Saying, guys, give it to God. Let him be Lord of your life. Let him do the work that you can't do on your own. Because when we will trust him to do it, he will do it. And you will be amazed 
at the change in you and in other people. The people you interact with, <laughs> they're going to like being around you. They're going to like talking to you. You will be known as an encourager, not somebody who bickers and complains all the time. That's what James wants for us. That's what he wanted for the early church. That's what he wants for us. That's what I want for you guys. That's what God wants for all of us. Bow your heads and close your eyes. I just want to ask you a question. Nobody looking around. How many of you would be honest and say, this is something I struggle with? The way that I talk to people, the words that come out of my mouth, I have trouble controlling my tongue. Raise your hand because I want to pray for you. And I'll ask you guys at the same time, pray for me because my hand's raised too. God, we love you. God, we thank you for, for who you are. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, his sacrifice on the cross for us. And God, I know, I know the tongue. It's such a, the, the way we talk to people, this is such a touchy thing, God, because because it's, it's so easy for us to say the wrong thing and to say it the wrong way. And God, I pray for every person in here who raised their hand. God, it's something I'm, I think we all struggle with at some point. God, help us to give it to you. Help us to learn how to guard our hearts and to use our ears and to seal our lips, God. Help us to seek you first so that you can turn our hearts to what you want it to be so that you can give us the words that you want us to say. Lord, help us to honor you with our mouths. It's in Jesus' name we pray. If you got a prayer request, write it on that green card. Put it up here in the basket.